today we're in Mark 11, chapter 11. Now, the next day when they had come out from Bethany, he was hungry and seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps it would, he would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. In response, Jesus said to it, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. Now in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed, and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Amen. Thank you. Well, we are expecting this morning. Amen. Praise God. Thank you. Um, Pastor uh, Chloe and Margaret, if you don't mind those little uh, The Righteous Shall Live By Faith booklets. And uh, we have... Um, study booklets which we uh, just accompany the sermon series the righteous shall live by faith so margaret will bring those around if you haven't got one put your hand up they're yours to take write notes in and uh we've got some over here that don't have it so praise god we've been doing a series uh, called the righteous shall live by faith and uh, so far we've uh, uh, covered what is important about faith uh, what is faith and faith is what you believe. Faith is a firm conviction. Faith is a persuasion. Uh, strong faith can be based on things that are not seen, but either way, uh, faith is a, a firm conviction that you have. And then we talked about last week, how to, how last couple of weeks, how you can grow strong in faith, because faith is not uh, some static thing that you just get at one stage and it just stays for the rest of your life. Faith uh, can be grown. It can be strengthened, it can be developed in, in certain areas. The Bible says it can be neglected. The Bible says it can be shipwrecked, shipwrecked faith. So we've been talking about it because, why is it important? Because basically what you're able to believe and able to act on uh, determines how God is able to bless you. And that's a fairly controversial statement to many people, but it's quite clear in the scriptures where Jesus said a number of times it's accordance in according with your faith uh, that uh, you shall receive in accordance with your faith. Today we're going to talk, start talking about faith must be released. Faith must be released. Faith must be released and it must be acted upon. And uh, we'll talk more about that Bible reading from Mark 11 in a, in a few minutes. But I'll, I'll tell you a little story. There's a... Um, there's a pastor in town, I, I won't mention his name, um, but uh, we used to flat together back in the good old days in our early 20s in, um, in Canberra, and um, he actually goes to C3, so I won't, I won't narrow it down any more than that, alright, I know Margaret knows him. We used to flat together and he was, uh, he was painfully shy with girls. We've, and of course I was quite the opposite I know that's hard to believe uh, but we would talk about uh, how you go about introducing yourself to, to young ladies and he developed a firm conviction that if he was to meet a young lady 
he would have to actually go up to her and to say hello. And this, this conviction took quite a few months to develop, but we, we, we talked our way through it, you know, and I, was, and I, I thought I, I could role model that, so I role modeled it a few times for him. We talked our way through it, and uh, then finally one day, one, one Saturday morning, we were shopping at, uh, at the Woden Shopping Centre in, in Canberra. We were going through Myers there, and off in the distance, he spotted a very attractive uh, young lady. Uh, she was blonde, she was about the right age, and she said to me, oh, Grant, he said to me, she's just gorgeous. She's just gorgeous. I said, why did you go up and say hello? I could never do that. I could never do that. But, but Rod, I'm sorry, did that name slip out? <laughs> but Rod, I said, you know, you know that if you're going to meet a girl, one day you're actually going to have to go up and talk to her. Oh, I know that. And, and he had this conviction, he had this persuasion. You could say that he had faith about what it would take to meet a young lady. However, until that faith was released in action, you know, who knows, it was never gonna happen. Now, you ladies are sitting there, you don't know the torment we go through. Isn't that right, guys? You know, the fear of rejection we go, to, we go through, who knows that Fear will often stop you acting on your faith. Hello? Uh, so, and it, we, I, without exaggeration, we walked around that mall. It would have been for at least an hour. And we walked in and out of Myers and sort of around, the, you know, where, where she was serving at the checkout and around. And he's, he's, oh, she's so gorgeous, Grandson. Rod, you know, to meet this girl, you are going to have to go up and say hello. We went and got a coffee. We rehearsed the lines. We rehearsed, hello, my name is Rod. And uh, I was wondering if you're not doing anything afterwards. Perhaps you'd like to have coffee. And this girl, I tell you, she was good looking. She, she was, you know, she was blonde, she was sweet. She, you know, she looked like an angel. And according to Rod, she had, um, Angel's wings growing out the back of the shoulders. I think they were just shoulder blades. Anyway, finally, he, he, he built it up. It would have been probably an hour and a half. And he went and got something to buy, because we had to find something to buy for him to have an excuse to talk to her. Did any of you guys go through this sort of thing when you, you did? Yeah. And, and, and so he bought this, and he goes up to the counter. Like, and I think, honestly, there was about three or four attempts to get in that line. And finally he goes up to her and uh, he uh, hands it over and he goes, Hi, my name's Rod. And I was wondering if you weren't doing anything after, would you like to have a cup of coffee? And she looked at him, poor thing. You gotta feel sorry for guys in this situation, don't you? She looked at him, she said, that'd be great. And they went and had coffee. And they became friends. It turns out she was a Christian and they became friends. And Rod, in acting on what he's believed, released his faith and received it. Faith must be released. You can have faith to move mountains. You can have faith for salvation. You can believe that, that Jesus died for your sins and rose from the dead. But unless you release that faith, Unless you act on it, you will never know what it means to be saved. In fact, Romans 10 says, 
that you believe in your heart that Jesus died and rose from the dead for you. That results in righteousness. But you confess with your mouth for salvation. So that so the, the blessing of forgiveness, the blessing of eternal life comes to you when you confess him as Lord. So faith must be released. James, uh, in James chapter 2, and we've got that, have we got here? We've got, uh, next point. Uh, James chapter 2, verse 7. Uh, James was one of these very uh, hardline characters. He was actually the Bishop of Jerusalem. And he coined this phrase in, in, uh, uh, in um, James chapter 2, verse 7. He said, faith without accompanying works is dead. Now, uh, you remember hearing of Martin Luther and the Reformation. Remember the Reformation? If you remember it, you're pretty old. But there was a Reformation where Martin Luther said salvation is by faith only. And this book of James disturbed him so much that he actually wanted, he wanted it removed from the New Testament because um, just James 2.7, just by itself. Is it 2.17 or faith without works is dead? Sorry? 2.17. Sorry, I put the wrong one down. But James says faith without works is dead. Now that doesn't mean you don't have faith. It just means it's useless. So, so Rod had, he knew what it took. And he believed what it took to, to meet a young lady. But unless you actually go and act on that, it's useless. So James says, faith without accompanying actions is dead. And that word dead, it means it is without life. It will never bring into fruition what you're actually believing for. So you can know something to be true from the Bible. You can be fully persuaded of it. But unless you act on it, Unless you have a coming axe, it is it is dead. Now, he James uses uh, uses the uh, the example of people being hungry, and he says you you come up and you say God bless you, God provide for you, but you don't give them food. He says what good is that? All right. But then earlier on, uh, he talks about how your tongue sets on fire the course of nature in your life. So James talks about what you say as being the primary step or the primary, the first act of faith. So when he said faith without works is dead, the word means it's without life. It's a little bit like, um, we've got some people here from uh, uh, the northern states of America, is that right? Do you have bears in Canada? Yes. You've got bears? Like, are they mean? Yeah. And so... Well, what happens in winter? They are hibernating. And uh, so you can have a bear that is hibernating in a cave. And am I exaggerating? You can walk right past that cave and there may as well not be a bear in there. That's right. Just you probably walk like this. There may as well not be because faith's like that. Unless you act on it, it's going to hibernate. So you may have beliefs uh, for your family. You may have beliefs for provision. You may know what God says. But unless faith is released, 
It's as good as dead. It's in hibernation. In fact, uh, if we don't act on our faith, we will never have what we believe to be true. Now think about that. We can believe something to be true. We can be fully persuaded of its truth. But unless we act on that faith, it will never come into fruition in our life. Faith must be released. Now, that was James who wrote the book of James. Paul wrote the book of Romans. The Romans didn't write it. Paul wrote it. Uh, Paul, sorry, Corinthians. Second Corinthians chapter 4, uh, Paul says this. I'm going to take you through. I'm going to take you through and show you what James says, show you what Paul said, and then we're going to talk about what Jesus said about how to release your faith. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, the Apostle Paul says this, Since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what has been written, so there's a, he's referring to a verse in Psalm 116, I believed and so I speak. We also believe, therefore we speak. The Apostle Paul says, we have the spirit of faith. The essence of faith is, I believe, therefore I speak. Now we talked about last week about uh, the purpose of strong faith. If you have weak faith or have faith like, like Thomas where he says, you know, if I see it, I'm prepared to believe it. So uh, Thomas said, if I see the risen Savior, then I'll be prepared to believe it. All right. And then Jesus appeared to him. He said, Thomas, put your hand in my side. Put your, your, your fingers in my hand. Be thou not unbelieving, but believe. So he had faith for salvation because he saw the risen Savior. All right. But he said, how much more blessed will, Jesus said, will those people be who don't see but still believe? You see, the essence, because that's what we call strong faith, right? The essence of faith is that it, you can take the promise of God for you, which you're not yet seeing in action in your life, and with faith, with acting on faith, you can bring it to pass in your life all right so paul in romans gives the example remember of abraham it says abraham staggered not at the promise of god he considered his body but he staggered not at the promise of god that's an interesting expression you and i both know that there's some promises that we probably stagger at we probably think you know i i, I know it's in the bible uh, i know it says that i've looked in the Hebrew, I've looked in the Greek, I've looked in the concordance, I've even looked in the maps at the back, and it's there. Uh, but we, we stagger at that promise because somehow we evaluate what we see to be of more significance than what we know to be true. And the thing with strong faith is it can flip that coin. If you're prepared to say, I see this, but I know what God says. So in Romans, it commends, it commends Abraham having strong faith. It says that he believed God who raises the dead 
and calls into being things that do not exist. Or calls into uh, the physical realm things that only occur, are only a spiritual truth. Now, when I say only a spiritual truth, that's even not looking at right, because when you think about it, the earth and the universe was made out of nothing. It was made out of God's words and God's faith. So in, this, in, in a very real sense, what is spiritual is more true than what is physical. All right? In fact, there's different sources of truth. If you think about it, there, there is a physical reality, but there's also what caused that. And there's behind everything, there's a spiritual reality. You know, the Apostle Paul says, we actually don't war against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. So because Abraham had strong faith, he was able to take what he knew to be God's promise, change his name, change his wife's name, act on that promise. He changed his name to mother of many, father of many, act on that promise and receive that promise because he was prepared to act on what he knew to be true. So the Apostle Paul says, we have this spirit of faith, the essence. Now when the Bible talks about spirit, it's talking about the essence, the very core thing, the nitty gritty of faith. If you had to sum, you had to make marmalade jam, a fake jam, and just sort of boil it all down, you had this essence of, you know, the jam of faith. This is what you'd have left. I believe, and so I speak. Now we're not talking about, I, I know, people get upset and, and we need to be very careful because there is sort of a blab it, grab it mentality. Ever heard that? Blab it, grab it and grab it. I'm not talking about widely going out and just saying whatever you like and expect it to come in. I'm talking about you have a promise from God. You believe it to be true. Therefore, you're going to say it's true. Does that make sense? You know, it's actually so simple it takes theologians and religious people to mess it up. You know, it takes Bible scholars to mess this one up. You know, Paul says the essence of this is the very core of faith and work is I believe, therefore I'm going to speak. Now he's not going to say, he's not saying your life's going to be roses. In fact, if you read the rest of this passage, he actually talks about, first of all, he says we have in ourselves an earthen vessels. Uh, you know, our body's weak, our temperaments, our personality. Some of us have got personality issues. Some of us have got more than others. All right, but, but, but we have that in earthen vessels so that the glory of God can come from us if we're prepared to believe and because we believe we're going to speak. And it's not just speak, the, the speak is sort of the, the summary of it. In fact, when James talks about it, he says, it's no point just saying we'll be fed and be warm. You've got to, got to put actions to that. Yeah. All right. But, but the speak is, is the symbolic. It's the first thing you do. And then he goes on to talk about, he talks about all the things that went wrong and we, we sang that. That was a good choice of songs. He says, what, knocked down but not, knocked out. So, <laughs> kicked in the shins but not defeated. You know, he goes through this, you know, punched in the face but I still get back up. Beaten 40 times, or beaten with lashes five times or something, but not defeated. 
And the word he uses for not is a de definite not. And because there's other words, he said, well, you know, you can knock me down, I'm going to try and get back up. No, he goes, doesn't matter how many times you knock me down, because I believe, therefore I speak, I've got the strength of God in me. I'm going to get up and I'm going to keep going, because greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. I believe, therefore I speak. And Paul had that faith and he spoke it and he acted on it. And you know, we may think he was, and he was, he was taken to Rome. They couldn't even arrest him. He had to hand himself in. He said, you've beaten me four times. You've left me from dead. I get back up. I've been shipwrecked all these times. I just keep going. I'm the faith ever anybody. <laughs> I believe because I speak, I'm going to keep acting. He says, we have that glory in us in earthen vessels. And he goes on to say, and we will endure as long as we look not at what is seen. That's a few verses after this. Look it up. As long as not what is seen, but we look to what is unseen and what is eternal. And the Word of God's eternal. If God said it, who knows He means it. He doesn't change His mind. He says the core of faith then is to grab that promise and say, I believe, therefore I'm going to act on it. I'm going to speak it. I'm going to say it. And speaking is the first, the first act of faith. In fact, uh, James says, the words of your mouth set on fire the, the course of nature in your life. Paul Yongi Cho, you ever heard of Paul Yongi Cho? He died a few years ago, but he was pastor of the largest church in the world. I think it was over 500,000 in Seoul, Korea. He talks about it. He talks about a, a meeting he had with a neuro a neurosurgeon once, and the neurosurgeon said, "Do you know we have discovered that the voice center of your of your uh, of your brain actually directs all the other parts? So if you if you say I'm tired, your body will prepare to be tired. And, and who knows that's true? If you say I'm I, I'm I, I'm weaker." It's going to be, your body will, if you say I'm feeling, your body will prepare itself for that. In the natural sense, your, your voice part of your brain directs your, your life. And Yongi Cho said, oh, I knew that already. You probably even said it a little bit, I knew that already. And the neuro said, how do you know that? He said, Dr. James. Dr. James told me. And this was a leading neuroscientist. He said, what do you mean Dr. James told you? He said, James, the book of James. It says your tongue sets on fire the course of nature in your life. The Apostle Paul said, I believe, therefore I speak. The first expression and most important expression of faith is what you say. And you, you know how you, you can gauge often where people, I mean, people can put it on, you know, they can put it on for a bit, but you know, when that hammer hits that thumb, you know what's on the inside of them, don't you? <laughs> when, when it comes out, you know what's in there, because eventually it comes up. Now, that's James, and that's Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. But what did Jesus, I mean, if Jesus said the same, like, if this is true, it's got to change our lives, don't you think? Come on. Yes. If it's true and we act on it, 
and we can believe the Bible and we can say and act that it's got to change our lives. Well, if it was true, you would expect it, you know, maybe once, twice, a few times in the Gospels. Wouldn't you expect it to be demonstrated? Wouldn't you? That's not a rhetorical question you can answer. That. Wouldn't you expect it? And then granted, if this is true, that's pretty radical. You're saying, what you're saying is that if you believe from the Word of God, and I'm not talking about just summing up or whipping up something, I'm talking about something you know to be God's will. If you believe it and you act on it, it will come to pass in your life. Yes. That's staggering. Well, you'd expect it. I put a few verses, but I just want you to go before we go to Mark 11. Can you go to Mark chapter 5? And the, the woman uh, who had the issue of blood. And you will find this, and Pastor Chloe is going to preach next week. Pastor Chloe is going to preach next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get a crowd. You wait. The word will get out. We're all those families are away. They'll be here. You wait and see. Yeah. Uh, people say to me, hey, why don't you let her preach more often? What do you reckon? Anyway. Um, so in, James, in Mark chapter 5, this is a famous example. I'm going to give you an example, then we're going to talk specifically about what Jesus said. There was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years, who had suffered much at the hands of many physicians and spent all that she had, was no better, but grew rather worse. She had heard reports. She heard reports about Jesus. Now, in Romans, it says, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So you're going to walk away from here today with a bit more faith than what you came, if you accept it as being true. All right? You are. And she heard these reports about Jesus, and obviously she believed it. So she had faith. Because, because it says she heard, and so she did this. She had heard reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched him. For she had said, and some, some versions say, for she kept on saying, if I but touch his cloak, I shall be made well. What was it that she believed? What was it she'd heard? She'd heard about Jesus, that he was a healer. Who believes Jesus is still a healer today? And, and so she pushed through the crowd, crowd because, it says, for she kept on saying, if I but touch his cloak, I shall be made well. So we have there a very clear example of someone who believed something and acted on it, and for she kept on saying, if I but touch his cloak, did she not have faith for healing? Did she not believe that the healing power of God resided in Jesus? And did she not believe that if she could just get to him and just touch him, she would be made well? And there were hundreds that the disciples said, there's so many people touching him. There's all these people at church here already, but one person gets it. And if we can take the promises of God, accept as being true, and say, we're going to act on it. We are going to have the audacity to believe that what God says is true. Think about this for a minute. If what God says wasn't true, we'd be in a whole heap of trouble. We'd be in a whole heap of pain, wouldn't we? 
So in Mark 11, then, we've got this situation. And this is a setup. You know, those of you that are parents or your teachers, you know, you, did you ever have these situations where you set up things for, the, for your kids as a learning experience? <laughs> you know, it's a learning experience. I told you to put that away. I told you to put that in your bag. We're going out. And they forget to put it. Well, I'm not going to remind them when we get there. It's not there and they'll learn. By the way, God doesn't teach you things by making you sick. Yeah. All right? Okay. But he has other things like this where it's a learning experience. That's what the Holy Spirit's for, by the way. Just in case you didn't realize that. We get saved, get the Holy Spirit, here's your teacher. Now, you can learn in lots of situations. And so every circumstance you can learn in, that doesn't mean God designed it for you to learn. But here, one way to say, this it's what he designed to learn. Now what's happening is they're going into Jerusalem and they go past the fig tree, which is off, a little bit off the track. And Jesus looks at it and the Bible says, feeling hungry, even though it was outside of the season, feeling hungry, he goes over there to that fig tree to see if it has any figs. There's no figs. So he says to that fig tree, you will never produce figs again. Now you've got to imagine that I, I don't think that's the type of thing he did often, you know. Because otherwise, you know, he walks past, everyone will be picking up their pot plants, putting it inside, making sure he doesn't sort of look the wrong way. But, but this particular tree, and I'm sure he took his, you know, the disciples over with him. He's only got a week or so left of ministry on this earth. And he says to that fig tree, you'll never, no one will eat from you again. And then, what happened? Nothing. Nothing happened. The tree was like this before. The tree was like this after. It was like that. Go like this. Go like this. That's how the tree. Do you know sometimes you will act? Thank you very much. Thank you. Hey, God bless you. We've got some willing people down there. Did you go like that, Chloe? You did? The tree was like this. Do you know the tree stayed like that? It stayed like that. Do you know you can be believing the promise of God? You can speak it and the situations, the symptoms will often just stay like that. You know that? <coughs> but he walked into town and then they ministered. He threw out some tables, overturned some tables. It's all in a day's work. Like threw it over. He's on the way back. Now, this is Peter telling this story, okay? And we all know what Peter's like. He's hot-headed. He's got to be the first thing to say. Who knows that on the way back out of Jerusalem to Bethany that day, they're walking like this, they're coming out, and Peter's there. And who knows, up on the hill there on the way out, who knows Peter's eyes are like this. He's looking at that tree. And, and, and you know what had happened to that tree? Nothing. Nothing happened. We're going to talk more about this later about how if you have faith and you act on it, sometimes you've got to keep acting, keep speaking, keep 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 the switch of faith turner. Nothing happened. Nothing. But they went they went home to Bethany and they came back. There's even an implication there that it may have been a couple of days because it says in one of those verses they were going in and out of Jerusalem. But one morning they're walking past that fig tree and it had withered. And we can be, take guys, we can be holding on to the promises of God in our life. 
and you hold on to it and you confess it and you do not let it go. You act and believe that what God has promised is true. And they're walking back in and the fig tree was no longer like this. It was like this. It was like that. And Peter said to him, Jesus, that tree that you spoke to has withered. And Jesus said this, and this has got to be one of the most profound things about faith. Remember, faith must be released. If you're believing for something, you must. You can ask God for it if it's a request. You can speak to it and, and command it to happen. But your faith must be released and you hold. The Bible says, hold fast to the confession of your faith without wavering because he who has promised is faithful. And that tree withered and then Jesus said this. He stopped them. He said, guys, have faith in God. Or have the kind of faith that God has. I'm glad he said have faith in God because, you know, your faith is not in your ability. Your faith is not in your circumstances. Your faith is in God. He said, have faith in God. He says, for whoever. I like that. Whoever. 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 It's not the pastors. It's not the preachers. It's not this. It's whoever. Who here is whoever? Uh-huh. Thank you very much. You're a whoever. Whoever. It says later, it says, and whatever. So he's saying, whoever takes hold of what I say and speaks to it. He said, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be the cast into the sea, does not doubt in his heart, but believes what he says is going to happen. The King James and the New King James says, he shall have whatever he says. Now, it doesn't, in the uh, ESV and the NASB put it slightly different, but it's the same message. Listen to this. Listen. Eyes here. Listen. He says, Whoever says to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, doesn't doubt that heart, but believes what they say is going to happen. They will have what they say. Was not Jesus saying, your beliefs are one thing and they're essential. But it's only to the extent that you release that faith that you'll have what you believe. Was Jesus not saying, faith must be released. Come on, sports fans. I, you might need to hear this a few dozen, a few hundred times, but you get hold of it, it'll change your life. Faith must be released. The Apostle Paul says, we have this spirit of faith. We believe, therefore we speak. We believe your family's protected. We believe them. We believe that. I believe with all of your heart. You're, you're going to be talking to your husband soon. He's going to say, you won't believe what's happened. Say, I can believe what's happened. So I was going along and 
I had this divine protection. And so this angel picked up. Yeah, we can believe it. Jesus said, faith must be released. Faith must be acted upon. For, for if, if you believe that, that, that Jesus is Lord, if you believe that he died for your sins, but you'll never confess him as Lord, you'll go to hell believing you'll choose to because you've never surrendered your life to him. Faith must be active. If you believe, you believe in something for your children, speak over them. Declare over them. Act as though that's true. And when they spit the dummy and when they're all that, you go, that's just the flesh. I'm believing what's eternal. I'm believing the promises of God. I'm believing that in the end we're going to have, like Job says, in the end I know that my Redeemer lives and I'll stand before Him who sustains me. And like Paul said, we can be knocked down, but we're going to get back up. But we have that same, and we have that same spirit of faith. You have it. It's in you. It's in you. That's the spirit of faith. You've got it. You don't have to work it up. You don't have to, if you've confessed Jesus as Lord, you've got that spirit of faith in you. You have it. I can take God's promise. I can speak it. I can act on it. And we're going to talk more and more about these the next couple of weeks, different stories about how it'll turn your life around to take God at his word, to believe it and to act on it. Amen. Praise God. So faith must be released. Amen.